Yeah, so Father, we just thank you for Dave. We thank you for just the gift that him and Kathy are to this church. I pray, Lord, that as he speaks this morning, Holy Spirit, would you just rest on him? Would you just saturate him in your presence, Father God? I pray, Lord, for revelation and just incredible wisdom, Father God. I pray, Lord, that the words he speaks this morning would be seeds into our heart that will grow and bear much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be back here. Very, very good morning. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, precious elders. Can you hear me okay? It's an absolute delight to be here again. Kathy, my wife, sends her love from Cyprus. Unfortunately, due to logistics and things happening there, she's unable to be here this time, but hopefully next time she will be here. Lynette, the worship's beautiful. Where's Lynette? Anyway, oh, hello, Lynette. Amazing, that song, Love. And... Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about love today. So, Father, help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Be with us, Father. Be with us to hear. Be with me, please. Be with me to speak. But all glory and honor to you, Father, to you, Lord Jesus, to you, God, the Holy Spirit. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Let's turn, please, to the first book of John, chapter 4. 1 John, chapter 4, 12... Verses 12 to 15. Okay, let's, let's read from verse 11. So 1 John chapter 4, from verse 11 through and including verse 15. I'm reading from the ESV. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. I want to talk today a little bit about how we abide in God. And in that, it's all to do with love. But just just, just quickly look again. 
God so loved us, verse 11, we ought to love one another. The result of being loved by God is to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. So there's this ongoing process of the living love of God every day being perfected, made more real, made fuller, made... I, I don't know exactly what it is, but just more of love and we, as we become more like Jesus and more sensitive. The key to it is abiding. So we have God's love. We're saved if we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and believe that he is... Lord died on the cross for our sins. If you don't know Jesus as Lord, please speak to somebody afterwards. It's so important that we know Jesus as Lord. But that's the doorway, the gateway into many things, salvation. But in this context, we're talking about into God's love for us and then us loving others. But to continue in that, in his love, we need to abide. And abide, what does it mean? Well, I know you know, but let's just remind ourselves. Abide means to stay in a given place. It means to dwell in a place. It means to live in a place. It means to remain. And it means to endure, to persist. So God is calling us to abide in Christ, abide in God, to remain, to endure, to dwell, make God our dwelling place. The thing is, this is not academic. And that's the problem with church sometimes, or so many churches, they become academic. And of course, we need to understand God and God's ways. But essentially, it's something that is incredibly real. It's real. It's real to abide in God's love, to experience God's love. And another way of saying that is to experience his presence, him with us as we choose to dwell and remain in him. But when we get a taste of what God is like, when we get a moment of what he's like, everything in this world comes in as a very poor second place. When suddenly we, we know that we're with God or God's with us and there's just something about his presence and it's a most beautiful, extraordinary thing. When you have a, a moment with God and you can have many moments with God as we dwell with him, the things of the world which once attracted us and often demanded our attention, including into sin, become unattractive. We just, they just mean nothing. But we can't do it just with intellectualism or academic or by will, because we know that we can't do that because we're flesh. But it's when we dwell with God and he touches us, and we live in that place of his presence where, wow, and it's from that place that we'll talk about, perhaps, that we love others. And it's in that place where we bear much fruit in his presence. Other way of saying it, of course, we know being filled with the Holy Spirit, all these things 
are absolutely true, but it's a practical truth that the Bible says about how to walk in that. And the key to the anointing, the key to God's power working through us, the dunamis power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is at work in us now, is abiding with God. And then we have not only God's incredible presence with us, nothing seems attractive, and it gives us everything we need, courage to leap walls, whatever we need to do, but also we experience his empowering, his equipping, and enabling for service. And that is when we start to produce fruit. And we haven't got time to talk about it today, but if we were to look at John 15, the idea is fruit, more fruit, and fruit that lasts into eternity. And there's many other things that are connected with that. Jesus said, if you do this and obey my commands, I no longer call you servants, but call you friends, and I will make known to you everything that the Father has revealed to me. So that point of abiding is a point of revelation. And I'm not saying we're rewriting the word of God. No, don't misunderstand me here. But it's that point of understanding what God has said. That's revelation. Not some new strange thing. But understanding what God has said and how it works in with the rest of Scripture and how we apply it to our lives. So there's, there's absolutely no shortcut. But also... Also, God wants to remind us this morning that please don't be shortchanged into this kind of strange Christianity where we, we, it's rules and we obey it and we know we need to obey Jesus' commandments, but we're not sure why. And we know we need to come together. We know, and there's a tension of why should I bother to go to church or why should I go to the prayer meeting? Why should I do these things? Because it's like, well, it's rules. Even though we know it's not, we... It can be dealt with by just saying, okay, I'm going to learn to abide. And you see, the whole point of discipleship is obeying Jesus' commands. So I won't have time this morning, but excuse me for a minute. But I won't have time this morning, but I've got seven points here about abiding or evidences, proof. What are some of the proofs of abiding in Christ? Dwelling, persisting, enduring, making it my home. It's my home or your home. It's where we're going to go and be. So probably what will happen is I believe this evening there's some leadership training that Ray's kindly asked me to talk into. I'll probably continue some of these points then. So maybe today we'll only have time for one or two points. But let's just look at um, proof of abiding in Jesus. And one of those proofs is loving each other. Loving each other. 
So let's go back or stay in if you're still there, First John. See, God, we sang and we know God loves us very much, more than we'll ever actually understand. But we have a responsibility to action that love or, or live in that love. The problem is in the church, often, and I'm not talking about rivers, please, I'm, I'm genuinely not talking about rivers, but the problem is in the Christian world today, let's say that, is there's, oh, God loves us, but why aren't things working out in our lives? We're sure we're going to have suffering and difficulties. I'm not saying we're going to be exempt from those things. But why isn't it quite working for me? I see some people just reveling, rolling like hippos in mud of God's love. But actually, that, but why isn't it working for me? And we can become disheartened or discouraged, and we, we start to go into just going through the motions, and then we think, well, it's just not working for me. I'm not going to bother. I'd rather go and do something else or, or nothing on my Friday morning, etc. Well, God just wants to remind us of it because he loves us. There are certain things that he expects of us. I'm not saying we lose our salvation. Please try to you know, be with me on this. It's just the things that we should be doing. And they're, they're important. They're, they're serious. They're incredibly important. But it's not to chastise us. It's to encourage us that we can live in this place of Man, wow, just with God. So, loving each other. So, sorry, I'm sidetracking myself. 1 John 2, 1 John 2, what did I say? 1 John 2 and verse 10. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 10, I think that's where we're looking. Okay, yeah, that's right. So, let's just read from verse 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother, and hate there means, can mean hate or love less, hates his brother, is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Verse 11, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. John's not talking to pagans here. He's talking to us. He was talking to them then, believers. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Well, love, we're talking about here, is agape love. To love, beloved, to be loved. It's love towards people. It's love people, welcome people. Of course, love them with the love of God. To (laughs) entertain people to spend time with people, to love people, to love people affectionately, to love people dearly. That's what that love is. Garpe love. To, to just, because, just to love people. And also to love things. I don't mean material things. 
but to be well pleased with. To be well pleased with things that God has given you, to be contented. It's a, it's a love, but not greed. But grateful, man. I'm grateful for my friendships with people. I love people. I'm so grateful. Because God, I know how to love people because God loves me. I'm grateful for the things God's given me. I'm so grateful. I love them in the right sense. I love them. I get such contentment when I see things God's given me that I know the Father has given me. So brother there, brother there is means womb in one of not room but womb it's it's something like connected in the womb it's something incredibly i'm not being insensitive i told you Andrew, but so just connected there's a connection it it's deep it's a it's a deep, wow to love I'm talking about appropriate love, not eros love, right? You understand? But it it can mean just, of course, brothers. It can mean people groups. This this is what the language means. Fellow man, fellow believers. And it says, whoever hates his brother or doesn't love his brother is in darkness. Well, there should be that connection is in darkness. And when we're in darkness, it says we can't see where we're going. So we don't know where God's taking us. We don't know anything. We're just stumbling. It's a stumble, stumbling along, frustrated with a lot. And when we're in darkness and we stumble, then we go into sin because there isn't this amazing presence of God that we're not living or keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. So we know what happens is we start to sin, lust, etc., etc. Galatians 5, 22 onwards. It's if we're not loving, this is just one thing about abiding, then we start to walk in darkness. It's not me standing up here. This is the word of God. But in light, there's life. And we see because it's the light of Christ. It's with Christ. extraordinary thing and it's counter of course with everything with Jesus it's counter to the world so let's just quickly have we got time? yeah let's just quickly look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 2 Corinthians chapter 2 I was saying to the guys last night I've had to change my format of giving scripture and verse because in our little home church there's Iranian, Russian and English and the Iranians recently getting saved and they're trying to work out where the Bible is so you have to give the book and wait for them to find the book and then the chapter and then the verse. So if I'm slow it's because I'm I'm operating in a different format. Um, 2 Corinthians 2 2 Corinthians 2 10 and 11 let's look there. Okay. 
anyone. Well, let's just, re- let's just read verse 9. Start from verse 9. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. 2 Corinthians 2, 9. For this is why I wrote that you, I might test you to know that you're obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, I have forgiven anything has, uh, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we're not ignorant of his designs. So how does that tie in with love? Well, if I have a grudge or a grievance against my brother, unforgiveness, that's from Satan. And love can't flow because there's a grudge in my heart. There isn't, but he just happens to be in the front row. I love you. So, if I have a grudge in my heart, actually that's Satan's plan. And love can't flow. So we have to, if we want to abide in God's love, abide in Christ, the evidence of that loving each other, we need to totally forgive those who have hurt us. Now that is... Difficult for many people. And I'm not trying to tread on toes here if it's uncomfortable for people. But if we are not walking in forgiveness with people, if we haven't dealt with it in our heart, no matter how heinous or wicked or wrong or unjust the thing that has happened against us, even if it's from a brother or a sister, we have to forgive them. Because then that opens the way for us to walk in love and get out of the schemes of Satan. Because he is the father of lies. He's the father of all of these things. So just an opportunity today, however difficult it is, just to say, okay. Whoever it is, I'm going to forgive you or learn how to forgive you. I'm going to find out. I'm going to make it my plan to walk in forgiveness, repent for my hard heart, and so that I can access God's love and walk in that. Because we know this, the person that has the unforgiveness or the grudge, they're the one that suffers. Because they can't, they cannot walk in the love of God to the full extent. Jealousies, rivalries, even small things. Someone gets promoted you over you at work. Someone becomes an elder in the church and you think you should, or whatever it is. Someone's chosen to be on the worship team, I'm not. All these things, the little resentments can start to build up in our heart. Instead of celebrating others. And how can I celebrate someone's promotion? How can I celebrate someone getting a pay rise 500% and a car. How can I celebrate that when I'm struggling, if I'm struggling? Well, if I have God's love 
in me and I know that he loves me and I'm dwelling in his presence and as a moment with God, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter anymore. And that's where, honestly, where we need to live. Now, is David me there all the time? No, I'm not there all the time. But I have to struggle and labor and pray, sometimes in cold blood, to get in that place. Because the moment, this is me, maybe you're all different, but for me, I know when I'm not experiencing God's love and I'm starting to grumble and I'm starting to be a little bit unpleasant. And and I think, oh my goodness me, I have to do like honestly an audit. Now, what is it, David? Where, Where am I? Why am I like this? It's not right. There's something wrong. I haven't got God's peace and God's love. I'm saved, but I'm just not walking in, wow, joy, peace, righteousness. It's the kingdom of God. And then I have to go on my knees and I have to, I have to cry out to God and say, God, 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 I've got it wrong again. God, please would you forgive me. God, 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 forgive me. God, I'm wrong. I, I, I pray until I get to the point where I'm actually back. Or God's back. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And suddenly, everything's brighter. I look out my office window or airplane window, wherever I am, and everything's brighter and shiny. It's just amazing. What was I thinking? Wow. But it's that thing of abiding in Christ, which I said enduring. We have to endure. Obedience is a discipline that we have to learn. That's why we need to discipline our children, etc. Right. Okay. What about this then? Love. If that's true, and it's true with our brothers and sisters in the Lord and in the world, forgive people. What about if we're married? If you're not yet married, Paul might suggest to you stay single. <laughs> just the no pressure to be married, I'm saying, right? I'm not saying you've got to be married. I'm saying actually just to see what happens, see what God does. But if you're going to get married, which is wonderful, then this is for you as well because you can avoid lots of pitfalls. But for those of us that are married... If this is true, and it's true, how much more must we love our wives, men? I'm not even going to talk about wives obeying husbands now. We haven't got time. They genuinely haven't got time for that. But how about husbands loving your wives? How about David loving his wife for 40 years? How how about you? How are you doing? Uh, Guys, how are you doing? Because what tends to happen is, as men, the first people we take our frustrations out on often is our wives. Because we've got to look good at work. We've got to look good, at, look good in church. We don't have to look good in church, but people think they do. And they live behind this kind of front, as flimsy as it is. But their real selves, is at, their real person is at home, where they're at, where they are. And this is really important. 
So let's look at Ephesians 5, chapter 25. Ephesians 5, 25. Okay, well, let's read from verse 22. So then we, we, we're also including the precious wives on this. Ephesians 5, uh, 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, uh, uh, his, his body, and is himself its saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit in everything to the husbands. Right, full stop. Let's just, that's true. Let's just put that aside for this morning. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Same word, agape. Not eros, not sexual love, that's part of it, but this is agape, that brotherly love, that affection, that kindness, that deep joined togetherness, love, that closeness, that enjoying, entertaining. How often do we entertain our wives in whatever that means and look after them and make them happy? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let's just leave it there. I am to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, for the church. That is, even in the weakest language, putting my wife before me in everything. Laying down my life for my wife. Living a life of sacrifice so that my wife can prosper. That's, guys, how you and I, one of the things that we can abide in God and feel his love. Because we're called to do what Jesus did. He did it for the church. We're to do it for our wives. And God's love. God's favor. It's one of many things, but it's crucial. God's blessing, God's anointing. We don't do it for that. We do it because it's a command to love. But the result of it is... As we endure and abide. I'm not saying we don't argue. I'm not saying we don't squabble. I'm not saying we don't have disagreements. We're real. We are, Kathy and I, we talk about everything and anything. Sometimes it's heated. And sometimes we don't actually throw dishes around and things like that. But we can get quite, <laughs> quite hot under the collar. <laughs> I can remember when we first went to South Africa, we were on our own. I was 24. My wife was 22. And we didn't know anybody. And we had this massive argument, and she, or maybe I stormed out first. I stormed out the house, or she did first, and we stormed off around the, where we were living in Durban. And then 15 minutes later, we bumped into each other, because <laughs> <laughs> there was nowhere else to go. We just, so, but yeah, sure, you could get cross, but don't let the sun go down on your anger, right? And remember, actually, yeah, we've got to serve. Ephesians 5, uh, 
I think it's Ephesians. Where am I looking? Ephesians 1, 5. 5, 1. can't find the scripture now but it says walk in love as Christ loved us Look at one Peter. One Peter chapter three and verse seven. Peter chapter 3 verse 7, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So obviously the the essence of that is if we want our prayers to be answered, doesn't matter how gifted or how important we are in our own eyes, or even if we lead a thousand churches or whatever we might do, or run a hundred companies, if we're not honoring our wives, our prayers are hindered. It's that thing. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's like if you're not honoring your wife, you might as well just stay in bed. And not ask for breakfast in bed either. <laughs> but you might just might as well stay in bed because your pairs are hindered. It's like if you're arrogant, a believer, but you're arrogant, God opposes you. Honestly, it is better to just stay in bed because you're going to have a really miserable day. Until you recognize it and repent. And do what I do and get, get right with God, whatever that takes. And apologize and repent to whoever you need to repent to. But in this case, particularly your wife. And then it's a lifestyle change. Where did, it says here, weaker vessel, right? And then all the feminists jump up and down and say, oh, no, women aren't weaker, da-da-da-da-da, that's rubbish, da-da-da. Well, all that really means is just men are physically stronger. You can read all sorts of things into it, but really that's what it means. Men are physically stronger, generally speaking, and can bully their wives. And you can bully your wife physically, being posing, and you can bully your wife verbally. Now, I know wives need to obey their husbands, but we're just talking about husbands now. Understanding way, what does that mean? In an understanding way. Oh, not, oh, darling. Oh, I actually don't use the word darling. But 
because it's a bit sort of too sweet for me. But it's, 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 you know, not simpering. Oh, I understand you've had a bad day. It's not bad, but it's a bit lame, right? It's an understanding way is understanding Christ's commands and walking in them. I understand what's expected of me. I understand why I'm doing this. I understand why it's necessary to do this. I understand what God expects of me. I understand. It's not just say, um, I'm obeying the commands of Jesus. That's ridiculous. You, you can't obey them unless you understand them. How do you understand them? By reading them and making them yours and then obeying them. How do you understand it? By coming to church and, and listening to people like me waffle on. It's, it's in an understanding way. As believers, we don't run around blindly waving our hands in the air. And there's a scripture about that. No, no. We walk in a, an understanding way. We walk in a considered way. I'm not talking about conservative Christianity because we want the presence of God with us so that we can move and do those works that Jesus called us to do, even greater works than him. How does it work? By understanding his way and obeying it. And one of the key ways, just this is one thing we're talking about today, is loving our brothers, our neighbors, and I'm just adding, because it's on my heart, love our wives. So our prayers won't be hindered. And let's just finish with this. I'm coming up to 40 minutes. Let's just finish John 13. Just the overarching understanding of these things. John uh, 13. John 13.35. By this... And you, okay, let's go 34. So let's read John 13, 34. We'll end with this. This is Jesus. I, I think actually these uh, chapters have become my, perhaps my favorite chapters in the Bible, John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I, it never, ever, ever, ever ceases to amaze me when I read these. It's just extraordinary. Just God, you, you, God, you're amazing. Jesus, a new commandment I give to you, that you love, agape, love one another. So remember, if you've got unforgiveness, grudges, bitterness, jealousies, rivalries, all things I haven't mentioned, but something along those lines, please, 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 please labor before God and yourself and, and resolve them and, 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 and forgive and repent. I'm not, it, it's not a command, well, is it? but not for me. It's because God loves you and he wants you to be loved and walk in his love and his presence. That you love one another just as I have loved you. So we know. But people say, well, how does God love me? I don't, I don't always feel that. Well, it's because we need to be doing what he says. That's, I think, one of the big disconnects in modern Christianity, contemporary Christianity. There's something that I don't need to do anything for. 
Salvation is a free gift. But sanctification to discipleship is a lifelong journey in walking into that. Anyway, I digress. Just as I have loved you, you are also, as well, also to love one another. We have to. You also, you have to love one another by this, by this thing, by this thing, love. And I'm only scratching at it. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. We make such a big deal about evangelism. Ah, I've done it. Evangelism explosion. I got saved in the 80s, this, that, and the other. Door to door. My goodness me, I'd never understood it. It just exhausted me. I said, this is a believer. I was like a Jehovah's Witness, man. It's crazy. And, and, but, but that's not what the Bible says, right? It says, if you love one another... And if you walk in understanding and you really do love one another, people will see that you're my disciple. And they'll say, well, what happened? I say, well, actually, Jesus. He's Lord. He's, he loves me. And I can walk in this love. And I can feel him. And I know that he's with me. And I know that I, I know. Wherever I go, there's this, this presence of God. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because I'm walking in his love. And that's where the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate, etc., etc., etc. And it's not disconnected. We disconnect them and wonder why we're not that fruitful. We put them in silos, gifts of the Holy Spirit, this one, this one. Da, da, da. Yeah, okay, we need to do that to understand them. But it's together, that's the theology. But it's lived theology, practice, worked out life. So that's how they know. So if someone comes into my home, and people do, like your home, like Ray's home, like I don't need to say that I follow Jesus. That's kind of creepy, right? Welcome, I follow Jesus. <laughs> they think, well, I've heard about these nutters before. <laughs> but if they come into my home, and there's kindness, there's evidence of love, not perfect, course but evidence of love and affection and 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 just love they're going to go wow this they've never been to a house like this before what does this mean and they want to come back and as they come back then then you get the opportunity anyway father i'm done so ray thank you for the privilege of sharing elders thank you for the privilege of sharing